Hi Tom and welcome to the Inspiring Future Leaders podcast. I'm so pleased to have you with me here today and looking forward to our chat. Uh, firstly, if you could please briefly introduce yourself to our audience and then we'll get started. Sure, and not as excited as I am. I'm Tom Goodman. I am the Director of Customer Operations at Goodlord. Goodlord is the business that I sort of fell into post-uni, not really aware at all of what I wanted to do. And I started as a customer success manager and have uh, been very fortunate to grow with a business that's grown really rapidly. And that's sort of seen me taking charge firstly of the customer success team. We split that customer success team into sort of two different teams from a early life cycle first impressions adoption team, which we have ring fenced a number of resources just to make sure that we're creating incredible first impressions. And then a rest of life cycle, a renewal management, a larger group of uh, CSMs. Uh, and I also look after now our customer support team. So really trying to understand all of the customer experience at Good Lord, the support team being the more reactive quantitative piece around why people are contacting us and what we can do to increase uh, sentiment and, and experience and the CS guys being around the longer term relationship commercial elements as well. Mm -hmm. Cool thank you very much. On a personal note uh, I'm just going to say this again because I'm so excited you've just got engaged congratulations I'm I so thrilled for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't very happy right now. Oh, that's fantastic. Such brilliant, brilliant news. I shall be opening a bottle of champagne to celebrate that tonight. Ooh, can I join? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Come over. If only you live closer these days. I, I, I'll need to make a trip up to town so that, uh, so that we can go out and celebrate for sure. <laughs> Excellent. So you mentioned that you work in customer success. Uh, what is it about the profession that inspires and impassions you? Great question. The, the first word that, that, that jumped out uh, to me there was just people. I tried to give a lot, but also take a lot of energy from my people interactions. And there is probably no better uh, role than being in customer success, day-to-day -day mm -hmm. relationship build, understanding not just people, but their businesses, and then the really nuanced impact that the way that they approach their businesses affects how successful their businesses are or not. Also, the, the kind of people that you then get to work with who are also interested in the profession and uh, relationships professionally, personally, are at the core of my, the things that bring me joy, I guess, uh, in my day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year experience. I think people, if, if I had to answer in one word, I really, really enjoy understanding and learning from different approaches to how people run their business, to how they go on holiday. You get it all as you build those relationships. I really love that. And the fact that you chose the word people. So I'm very passionate about people and we're all human, right? So I think one of our core needs is connections. People mm. would like to be connected. Back in the day, it was all about community. People lived in villages and, and, and villages took care of each other. You know, the, the old adage, it takes a village to raise a child. Uh, and, I, and I use that in my book because I do believe in people, in collaboration, in community. Uh, and part of the reason for this podcast is because I think those underlying principles of customer success would really help businesses to, to motivate and drive their operations to a more people-centric way of being, which will help us professionally, but also personally. I think that we're connected through technology to the point of disconnection. And particularly with the pandemic over the last couple of years, we've really lost that ability to connect to people and that fulfillment and motivation 
brought about by being connected to others. I think uh, just really quickly, just just touch on that, because and I think that's I think another thing to do with customer success, which I, I really enjoy and like is that customer success is it's probably an adapted form of business practice has been going for a long time but it's really it's really been brought to the fore by this sort of it's definitely technology as well but this this heightened appreciation of understanding people and businesses and our review culture and our ability to understand and research so much about a company a person just by going Mm -hmm. to google nowadays means that if you don't have a people-centric business, a customer-centric business, then you're going to get found out. In days gone, you could probably sell uh, a piece of hardware or even software for a big one-off fee. And there weren't the same sort of repercussions of a failure in that product or service that there are now. And so if you aren't inherently, I'm going to say people-centric because the customer-centric applies to the customers, but you've also got your employees who are a huge part of your business as well. And also customers are made up of people. So you know, it is absolutely, it shouldn't be B2C, B2B. It's it's human to human. It's people to people. Yeah, completely, completely agree. And and, and I think that's another reason why customer success is so, so fascinating because it really almost is a result of our need to be more people focused, but um, yeah. has been exacerbated by the, the tech changes in, in recent times. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Also, I think people forget that's part of the genesis of customer success, which a decade ago, even maybe five years ago, we were talking a lot about that. But because those of us who have been in the profession for quite a while now have moved on to the next iterations and the next evolutions, we forget to remind people of why customer success came to the fore all, all those years ago. And I think if we keep reminding people of that reason and that motivation, it will help those who still haven't understood why customer success is important or those who have implemented customer success, but only as a person or a team rather than a company-wide initiative and, and philosophy, they need to understand more why it should be much more embedded. And I love the fact that you've changed that from customer to people. I have found myself doing this a bit more more recently because customer still makes it feel like it's it's an, an intangible thing, an inhuman thing. Whereas we are talking to people within an organization. Organizations are made up of people and it is about building relationships, not between organizations, but between people. And that really feeds into... Now, what I think about and how I dream that the future will look, really understanding how we get businesses to be more people-centric internally as well as externally. And where you are at Good Lord, I hear amazing positive feedback from Good Lord. What do you think Good Lord has managed to get right and how do you think they've done that? Oh, another great question. I will speak from my own experience, but yep. I assure you that there are a number of people uh, of similar tenure as me that I think have stayed for similar reasons. I, I, I think it, it, it has very much always been that Good Lord found an excellent idea. It carved a niche into an industry that needed change, but had founders and, and, and leaders who invested early in younger, hopefully high potential people and never stopped really concentrating on a core value, which is personal development. I, I owe all of my career success to Good Lord and especially founders, especially one person, Tom Mundy, who gave you opportunities to fail and learn from that and get better. And I think 
good lords always knew that we were hoping to innovate and, and, and help a very people-centric industry. We work with estate and letting agents. A lot of what they do is relationship management. They need to be trusted advisors, much like we do in customer success, yeah. in order to help what is a very emotional transaction, buying, yeah. renting a home. Yeah. And I think it's brought on people that have shared values, but very different ways of approaching work and life. And what you're able to do is learn in almost an accelerated melting pot of ideas and experience. And I feel extremely lucky that every day I turn up to work and learn something new from someone new. And change can be a scary thing, but one of the, the elements of change that I really like is when we have new people come into the business, because almost selfishly, that is another person that has a completely different background, a completely different set of experience that is going to, to help me and help others in the business to learn uh, and get better. And I think leaving your ego at the door is one of the things we really ask people to do. I know it sounds almost slightly cliched, but making sure that you have people with united set of values, but different sets of experiences and ways of approaching things allows you to, I think, ultimately be successful. I feel like I've really benefited from that, good Lord. And that's probably what they've done as well as I can't stay anywhere else I've worked because it's the only place I've worked, but uh, <laughs> I, I hear, I hear. <laughs> And so, so many things that you said there triggered things that I want to ask you. I love the fact that you said that personal development is a, a core value. And something that you summarised there was that they give you the opportunity to fail, learn and improve. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've changed the word slightly there. And I was having that conversation with somebody recently. In fact, a number of people, one, one of the consistent themes that comes up is about having an environment where it is felt okay and you're in, in fact encouraged to voice your opinion, to try out ideas and it doesn't matter whether they're successful or, or not as successful as, as expected as long as you learn from them and that you evolve them and iterate them. And it sounds like you've got a great environment there at, at Good Lord where you're encouraged to do that, to try things out and it's okay if you... I don't like the word fail, but, you know, if you fail, but you learn from that and you iterate it and you in, improve on it and, and that helps your personal development as well. There's a lot of places where people say they run a no blame culture or they provide safe spaces. Another term that I hate because most people who say they provide safe spaces think that by saying they provide a safe space are doing that. But in actual fact, it's not a safe space. It feels very very much the opposite so people pay lip service to this even people who say they they are people centric and that they embed customer success and everything that they do Mm. how do you think or or can you come up with any kind of tangible ways that that good lord have managed to do this how do you know that it is an environment where you can try things out and the repercussions will be positive they will be encouragement for having tried it in the first place and encouragement for learning from it and moving forwards there are so many environments in the world where people are too afraid to voice their opinions because they're not in the right place in the hierarchy or because they will get blamed if it goes wrong how has good lord managed to make it really feel like it is that positive environment where you can try these things out and and improve on them i think um it's, it's a really interesting question i think 
just your point around saying you create safe spaces i think that aligns quite closely with writing your values on the wall you know these yes. things should these things should be in, invisible but powerful it shouldn't be a necessity that you write on a wall to remind everyone i think this this somewhat answers your question in terms of a tangible to achieve this we've always seen our interview processes as being an important way to ensure that there is a core values alignment with new hires i think we do it by having a role related but then also a ring fenced values based interview and anyone in the business can do a values based interview if you have been successful in becoming an employee at good lord it is likely that you've passed one of those interviews and you share similar values albeit hopefully will bring different experience and i think i think ensuring that you take your hiring seriously is a way to scale your culture but also create culture additions not cultural fits in, in short the recruitment process i think is extremely important and i think it's about bringing in the right type of people that are ultimately going to not just feel empowered but are going to sort of bounce back from failure as well there is empowering people to feel like they can jump uh, straight into something that they haven't done before and fail but also learn from it and be supported through that but then there is also finding the right people that have the right resilience to do it and i yeah. think what you must be careful of is you, you need to take this human approach everyone is different and everyone has yeah. their own way of uh, interacting with um, people and ideas and concepts and some people might not like to fail that might be something that re they really struggle with. So on the one hand, it might be great to have a company culture that says, go away and fail and, 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 and we'll be really happy with what you learn from it. But you have to understand the individual and the person that you're bringing into the business to make sure that that culture is going to suit them. And I think that's a, an, an, another thing that fail fast, create safe space, writing on the wall, values on the wall. All of these things are great if they're done in the way that everyone says they are, but they're probably not. And I think yeah. you have to take a bit more of a nuanced view on um, one business might be good for one person that isn't for another. And uh, I, I think understanding the people that you're bringing into the business, both in terms of that specific example, but more generally, how will they gel with underlying values that your business hopefully invisibly demonstrates? I think that's the most important tangible that I can think of just off the, off the top of my head. And I think that it's so, so, so important that there is grassroots up, i.e., you are someone that has those values and absolutely is a beacon upwards, but also there's a percolation down of your values and you've got leaders that will bring their whole self to work or will listen, learn and improve and be an open book. And if you're not doing it unanimously through the company and supporting each other by demonstrating and showing real life examples of it, it's never going to work. So investing in a people team early, if you're a smaller business, we've always had a people team. I, I see regularly businesses that don't invest in a people leader yeah. or a people person from an early point and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because like we've said people are at the core of the business investing in how you're going to create great customer experiences early these are two things that i think are hugely important you said just off the top of my head that's the only thing i can think of that's an incredible perspective and actually one i've never heard before I, and i love it and that values-based interview because it is hard interview processes are hard how do you in in snapshots of time and also for many places it's both sides whilst it's it should be a two-way process and more often these days i think is both sides are trying to show themselves off to their best advantage rather than really trying to find if they're a good fit for each other and you're right people are different organizations are different and 
just because one doesn't fit well for you doesn't mean that you failed. You need to go and find an organisation that really fits, each of you fits. And the fact that you have a a values-based interview, that's really interesting to me. Not only because, as you say, many um, startups and scale-ups that I have spoken to and worked with over the years don't actually know. They might inherently know what their values are, but they haven't articulated it. They haven't communicated it. They haven't really embedded it into everything that they do at the organisation. And therefore, they certainly couldn't do a values-based interview. And additionally, a people team usually is left until there's a critical mass of people at the organization to warrant the work. But I love this perspective that, as we say, everything is about people. So investing in people teams early and then investing in how you bring on people going forwards. Uh, Because I did make a a note whilst you were introducing yourself about the fact that Good Lord has grown rapidly over the years. Uh, And I was going to ask you how you felt that the organisation had managed to maintain its positive culture through rapid growth. And I think you've probably explained that. I think you'd give me a a fairly similar answer if I asked you that now. But many other organisations, they grow not only through hiring, but through acquisitions. And I think that's probably got to be harder, but probably the answer is still in that people team and making sure that you work with people to to. Um, mesh the two cultures together that's really fabulous I love that I wrote down an awful lot and particularly the thing about leaders showing up to work every day bringing their full selves and listening learning and improving because it's two-way the the problem with hierarchies is we need hierarchies in order to understand what a point of escalation is but we also need everyone to feel that they have a voice and can speak up regardless if it's somebody who's in week one speaking to the CEO to voice some challenges or some opportunities that all needs to be available and going back to your point about good lord making a decision to invest in younger with high potential Mm. people that really resonates for me too because I spend a lot of time kind of battling against social constructs because probably one person one day made a decision about many of these social constructs and none of them actually fit most of the people in the world and there are these beliefs in the world that you have to have had a certain tenure you have to have had certain experience you have to have a certain level of education in order to have a valid voice you have to be a certain gender you have to be from a certain country there's just so many constraints put in place but one of the things that I really wanted to do with this conversation with this podcast is highlight to everyone that every person has a valid voice no matter how old they are you were talking before we started recording, you were talking about having that childlike innocence and joy and not knowing of some of the things that are coming. And I think we can learn a lot from younger people because they haven't had all of the shackles and constraints put on. What's your view on that? What's your view for who has the, the most valuable voice to contribute to, to the world, to business, to society? I, I think no one person. Often it depends on the context as well. But there is a realism around everyone having a voice and everyone being able to truly contribute which doesn't scale but there is also the childlike joy and innocence and lack of potentially being world weathered which happens to multiple people at different times in their life and uh, I was saying to you I, I, I wish that childlike ignorance as a positive thing on people for as long as possible. What you're describing to me there is blue sky thinking. And a lot of businesses are in a position where they want to become the next unicorn or, or really achieve big, amazing things. And I think without those inspired 
believers, which can come from any demographic. I, I don't know, actually, I'm sort of going back on myself there. I think everyone has a voice. Everyone should have a voice that can be heard. I think you, it is everyone's responsibility, be it in work or, or elsewhere, to understand and, and embrace that. I would very, very, very much struggle if I ever sat in a room of people that were willing to purposefully ignore a, a, a certain group's opinion. And I think all, all you have to do is look at, um, I guess, cu customer success. If you are to ignore a customer's voice, you are not going to be successful. Equally, if you are to ignore typically more junior members of a customer success team's voice, you are likely going to ignore the customer's voice because uh, you are not the one as the director sat on the call with the customer. And, and therefore, you know, any concept where a senior management member of staff would be directing strategy without listening to more junior members of the team, it doesn't work. It just doesn't add up. And I think trust and communication are the absolute most important things in, in any business, I guess, in any relationship that, that ultimately enable you know, this voice and, and, and this communication. And I think it's probably from a business perspective specifically and a leader's perspective, it's just important to open up as many of those channels that are possible. You're not going to capture everything. You would almost be running yourself to the ground, doing yourself a disservice if you absolutely tried to listen to every single thing that everyone had to say. But working hard on creating an environment where you have exposure to lots of people's different ideas is going to be the only way to be truly I think successful in, in work. I'm sure someone listening to this will find some anomaly to that where you can just be yourself and, 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 and do very well. But I think as a whole, if I were to make a sweeping statement, that would that would be it. Mm, clearly, I agree. And I, I wrote down, I love that uh, trust and communication being very important. And that's true. It's not that everybody has to go around listening to everyone. It's more about having a culture where people feel that they have the ability to speak up and even on an individual basis knowing truly within yourself and we all do this right we all look at other people who we believe have got more experience in life they've either clearly had more experiences situational experiences or they're older than us so we automatically assume that they know more than us or they've been highly educated so therefore we feel that we don't have as valuable as a voice as they do so on an individual basis I think it's really important that we remember that everybody that we're interacting with is just a human who mm. probably feels that they don't have the right to speak any more than we do so remembering that each of us has valuable and valid opinions and thoughts and so we should take the responsibility to speak up but equally when we're in an organization it is the responsibility of everyone especially leadership to make sure that there is an environment where people feel that they won't get slapped down for speaking up I think the other really important thing that you said earlier was about leaving ego at the door that's a really big topic for me allowing yourself to feel vulnerable pushing yourself to speak up and with leaders showing that they are vulnerable so that we know that they don't feel that they have all the answers you know not one of us has all the answers how do you think your leadership team and you as a leader you're a leader Tom how do you leave your ego at the door how do you help your team to come together and provide feedback and use their voice 
I am a leader with limited experience and I understand that. And I think it's very much a self-awareness point. And I think ego is inherently tied to self-awareness, right? Being self-aware that you will have strengths and your strengths will lead you into certain positions and, and, and spheres in life, but also being equally aware of your um, weaknesses or points that you would like to improve allows you to take more of a collaborative approach to everything. So there will be times where the team will need some energy injected into them and I understand that as one of my strengths and I take a lot of joy from being able to provide that. But there will also be times where we have a operational issue, which is going to result in us needing to get in touch with every customer with X, Y, and Z reason. And it's times like those that I think uh, you, you grab everyone. It's almost that put your arms around each other approach. You, you get into a room or you get into a, a virtual room, as is more often the case these days. And you honestly explain that this is the challenge. You have ideas, you have suggestions that might be worthwhile, but actually you've not experienced something like this before and you would really appreciate everyone else's view on it. And together we can come up with uh, a plan. It, it, it brings both accountability, but also uh, a sense of belonging when you do that. I've always, always felt that and I've, I've not been a leader my whole time at Good Lord. In fact, less time uh, than when I was more of an individual contributor. Being brought into the room and being felt like I could contribute to a potential solution always made me respect leaders more. And it showed me that it brings a, a human approach to these people. They're not gods that know everything and sit up on Mount Olympus away from us. Um, they are people, they are fostering a community of people that need to overcome challenges together. And my absolute favorite thing to do is, is to hopefully through what I'm strong at, garner respect and a lot of that comes from being a, a good communicator as well but when I am uh, faced with a challenge that I've never faced before or wouldn't necessarily know how to tackle being really open and honest about that and then bringing if you've done your hiring right and if you understand where your business needs to go you will have not hired a bunch of mini you's you'll have hired people with diverse ways of approaching things and thinking about things and uh, you get them all in a room or you get the who you perceive to be the relevant people for that uh, together and you say I need some help here that has been my only experience of work I think I might be very lucky in that respect but as a result being something that I've been able to um, apply to my day-to-day -day. and I can tell you now that everyone in my team is going to be a head of customer success or whatever they want to do because they are that much better than me you've got to lean into that you've got to, you've got to lean into that you might be the one accountable but you are not the only person in this race I think that's how you've got to approach things um, personally I love that. I have so much to interject with that because that really resonates strongly with me, but I'm going to leave it because you articulated that beautifully. I particularly love the bit about they are not gods who know everything. They are human themselves and they're just fostering a community. I really love that, Tom. We are out of time. Just want to finish up by asking if people want to get in touch with you and ask you more about leadership culture or good Lord itself. You know, How can people get in touch with you? I, I guess I'd say LinkedIn. I'm always so keen to talk to people uh, in the industry about the industry, about anything, really. Also a huge football fan, so anyone wants to chat Man City, of course. But no, via, via LinkedIn, I'm quite happy if my email address can be attached to this. I don't know if, if that's a, a yeah. thing, but always up for, for chatting. And that, that's how you and I met, right? So um, uh, good things come from networking. I'd love to meet more people and chat through CS, but also interpersonal leadership. I'd love to hear more from others about how they approach things because I have ideas but have lots to learn as well and would be really happy to hear from other people's experiences. Thank you so much Tom and on that basis you say that you've got limited experience we've all got limited experience we've only got our own experiences and it 
continually evolves and iterates we continually learn i love everything that you do and everything that you say we've had some amazing conversations together you are one of my favorite people and favorite leaders so if that means anything take that on board once again thanks ever so much for a great conversation tom and many thanks to those of you listening at the other end watch out for the next episode next week of the inspiring future leaders podcast bye for now